Father, we love you this morning. We thank you because you're good, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for the goodness of God that flows from your throne into our zones. Hallelujah. Every moment, you are good, good, good. We thank you, Father. We yield our lives to you this morning. As we look into the scriptures, speak into our lives. May Christ be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, The Wow Effect. Praise the Lord. And for that purpose, I want to read two verses. Luke chapter 7, verse 9. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Reading from Mark 6, 6. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could not do mighty work there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Praise the Lord. When you read the scripture, you found, find throughout the scripture, littered from the first pages to the last page of the Bible, you see the wow effect. You look at Jesus as a person. You stare at him. You look intently at him. And you come out saying, wow. Praise God. Have you ever looked at Jesus closely and came out with that conclusion, wow. Praise the Lord. Sometimes as I read the scripture and meditate on Jesus, meditate on his word, my mind is just blown away. I'm like, wow. Sometimes you sing some songs over and over and over again, and you get locked into his presence. Your eyes lock into his eyes, and you say, Think about the birth of Jesus. Heaven announced his coming. How many people do you know where heaven announced his coming? His coming was announced centuries before. And then God placed a star in the sky. And the wise men tracked the stars and came asking, where is the one born as a king of the Jews? We just want to see him. To the shepherds that were out in the night. Nobody cared about them. Nobody wanted them. They're just doing their business. Heaven pierced the dark night. And filled the sky with light. The stillness of the night was broken. 
with heavenly choir as music filled the night. And the angel of, the, of, of God said, announced the birth of Jesus. And they said, wow. Praise God. And then you track the words of Jesus, the works of Jesus, the ways of Jesus, the wisdom of Jesus. You come out saying, wow. Praise God. We marvel, and the scripture again and again said, they marveled at his words. They marveled at his wisdom. They marveled at his authority. They marveled at this power. Everything about Jesus would bring us to that conclusion and we say, The slick ones tried to trap him. But by the time Jesus was finished with them, what? Remember when they tried to trap him saying, should we pay taxes to Caesar? Jesus says, give me a coin. They says, whose inscription is on it? Whose image is on it? They say, Caesar's. Well, give, render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar and unto God that belongs to God. Wow, what wisdom. Praise God. And then they wanted to trap him. The bought a woman was caught in the act of adultery. You know, adultery doesn't happen Every time there is an adultery, there is two people minimum involved, right? Only one person was brought. The woman was brought. Everybody's ready to throw stones at the woman. And they ask the question to Jesus. Jesus stayed silent. Again, they demanded an answer. It says the law of Moses gives us the right to finish her right now. Jesus didn't say nothing. Finally, he said, the one who has no sin, first one to throw the stone. Boom, everything was done. What an answer, what a wisdom. Then you see the, the ways of Jesus. No tax to pay. Jesus tells Peter, go to the ocean, throw a line, pick the first fish pull out the coin out of the mouth of the fish, pay the taxes for you and for me. As you study each incident, episode with Jesus, you come out saying, wow. His disciples, wow. What kind of a man is this? He has power over wind and the waves. Whoa! Who's like unto Jesus? But let me ask you. In your walk with Jesus, 
life journey with Jesus, have you ever had a personal experience with Jesus where you came out saying, wow. Think about it. We read it in the Bible. But is Jesus just simply confined to paper and ink? His works, his ways, his wisdom, his power, his glory, his grace. Me and Jesus, you and Jesus, have you ever had an encounter with him? And you came out saying, whoa. Has this Jesus ever jumped out of the pages of the Bible and touched you in an intimate way? Yanked you out of your loneliness. Yanked you out of your lethargic state. Yanked you out of your holiness. Yanked you out of your shallow Christian life. Praise God. Yanked you out of your need. Has it ever happened in your life? I have experienced that, Jesus. I have experienced that wow effect in my life. God. When Jesus was done with the man from Gadara, the demon possessed man, he wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus says, No, go back. Go back to your city and just tell people what God has done for you. And the Bible says he went to Decapolis, the ten cities. And he started telling everyone what Jesus did. And the Bible says, people looked at him and they marveled at him. It's one thing for us to marvel at the works of Jesus. The words of Jesus, the ways of Jesus and the wisdom of Jesus. But then, Jesus has done a work in us. His words affects our life. His wisdom propels us. And when we come into a personal experience with him, as the one who calls himself the way opens up a way for you where there is no way. You know what happens? The work of God is manifested upon our lives. And then when you simply walk around, you become emissaries of his grace and glory. The world will recognize you as a trophy of God's grace and they will say, wow! It's one thing to look at Jesus and say, and it's quite something else for people to look at you and me 
and see the work of Jesus in us and say, Wow! Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, wow, God did a number on me. Praise God. Hallelujah. The world should look at us and realize that God has done a work in us. And they should marvel. Praise God. When they looked at this man, they marvel because they realized he was not the same anymore. Huh? Praise God. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. So I have my old buddies. I used to hang out with them. I used to do everything with them. But then Jesus came into me. And I became a new creation. When you become a new creation, it's something to be seen. The world will see that there is something different in you. Praise God. Yes, you became display. I became display of God's grace. And they will say, wow, God has done something in us. Praise God. Now I want you to come, come with me. To the two verses that we read. First, Jesus as a person, he leaves us with a sense of astonishment. Jesus as a person leaves us with a sense of of astonishment, the wow effect. Second, what he does, all of his ways, works, wisdom, leaves us with a sense of astonishment. Then his works in us leaves others with a wow effect and they say, Ooh, what happened? But now the message The one who does a work in us looks at us. Do you think he will look at our life and heaven will testify and say, wow. So we know the story. Of the centurion, a man who cared enough for his servant. Because of his care for his servant and his commitment to the Jewish people, they came to Jesus with a recommendation saying, he's worthy, he deserves to be helped. He deserves to be helped. He's worthy. But you know what the man said? I am not worthy. Check this out. 
The people are saying, this man is worthy to be helped. He says about himself, I'm not worthy. I'll tell you how to find a great man. The greatness of a great man is seen in his humility. The smartness of a smart man is seen in the fact where he says, I'm not that smart, I still need to know more. The centurion here is saying that I am not worthy. And he assesses his own life and he's learning from himself and he's saying that, listen, Jesus, I'm a man of authority. I have hundred under me and I give them orders and they carry out orders. You are a one who's in a higher realms of authority. You just sent a word. Wow. You know, this man has no history, no oracles, no background. No heritage, no point of reference. But the little that he heard, he came to conclusion that the master can shoot, just say a word and it will happen. Wow. Jesus said, whoa. Whoa! I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. When the author and the finisher of faith looks at you and me, who calls ourselves believers, what would he say about our faith? Would you say, wow, what a faith. When was the last time you activated your faith? Thank God for saving faith. But in your life journey, when was the last time you activated your faith in him? Do we believe the one who leaves us mesmerized by his power and his glory and his works and his words would impact our life in such a way that we would step out in faith and heaven will say, whoa. Think about it. You think we have such experience in our life? The centurion understood the power of the spoken word of God. Have you ever thought about it? How has it impacted and influenced our life. 
Praise God. We live in a Christian world that gives us the caption, just say it. Just say it. Speak the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. It is not what is being said, but who says it? Who says it? The centurion understood the power and the authority of Jesus. Praise God. He says, you don't have to come under my roof. I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. The creator God. You can just say a word. That's good enough. Praise God. When given an opportunity for us to exercise our faith would we exercise our faith whereby heaven will testify and say wow praise God hallelujah we need to be very careful who we surround ourselves with there are people who can boost our faith and there are people who can kill our faith. You surround yourself with skeptics. You surround yourself with critics. You surround yourself with the religious people. They will give you all the reason under the heaven as to why God cannot answer your prayer. They will give you all the reason under heaven as to why faith cannot work. Praise God. Sometimes it's those people that everyone claims to be far off that seems to believe and act. On what Jesus can do. Praise God. Just like this centurion. You know the Jewish people. They had their refined theology. But it was always. We see the Gentiles. The far away. Who took Jesus at his face value. Praise God. Do we believe Jesus? Do we trust his word? Do we trust him enough to pull us out of where we are? Praise God. Or has Christianity just become a religion for us? How is our relationship with the author and the finisher of our faith? Is that relationship vibrant? And if it's not, do you think I can blame God? Or do you think I can pass the buck to my neighbor, to somebody at my home, to my husband, to my wife? No. It's strictly between you and him. Praise God. 
And may our faith be such that it is vibrant, active, and heaven say, wow, praise God. The next part we see is in Mark chapter 6. Jesus come to his own hometown. And we see the reaction of people in his hometown. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are done by his hands? Then they said, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? The brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon are not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. Wow. Conclusion, the Bible says in that passage. And he marveled because of their unbelief. You know, when you read this passage, this is not because they acknowledged the unique birth of Jesus. Rather, it's an insult when they are saying, because in the Jewish culture, a person was, a person's birth was connected to the father. They identified a person as a son of a father. Regardless of the father being dead or alive. But by calling him son of Mary. That's what they called him. Son of Mary. Jesus, hometown people were saying, we don't even know who his father is. Thereby accusing him of being an illegit child. Think about it. They had Jesus in their hometown. But they had the found reason to discredit him and his work. Listen to me. They found reason to discredit him and his work. Couldn't believe. A man went to the museum and he looked at the artwork in the museum. And as he was ready to leave, he told the guard standing at the door, he said, I don't see any great value in this artwork. The guard looked at him and replied, he said, sir, the paintings are not the ones that are on trial here. You are. That's true. Can you imagine? You're looking at a priceless art and you're coming out with that conclusion saying that it's not really valuable. It shows what? It shows the person's 
ignorance about that artwork. Likewise, this people, when they looked at Jesus and made the comment saying, who is he? Basically, they, they failed to recognize who was standing before them. Sometimes, the proximity with Jesus, listen to me, the proximity with Jesus. These guys, they, some of these guys grew up with him. They saw him. So sometimes our proximity with Jesus, he indwells us. And we have the word that says he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us all the time. And the proximity with Jesus at times will cause us to devalue Jesus. That should not happen to any one of us. The access into the presence of God. The access to the things of God. The easy access to the spiritual exercises in life. The easy access to the spiritual disciplines in life should not bring the worth and the value. That's what happened to the children of Israel. Being fed from above. They said, it's worthless. about it your proximity to Jesus your proximity to the spiritual experiences to the spiritual experiences does that activate faith in you does it bring an added passion for Jesus does that build within you a greater hunger for Jesus a greater drive for the things of God or it has made you dull in the things of God. Faith or unbelief fills your heart. Or just being simply indifferent to the things of God. Thank you, Jesus. Him being the Lord of our life, He has the right to our time, to our talent, to our treasures. Your abilities, everything that God has given us. Do you recognize that? When Jesus did a miracle for Peter, you know what Peter did? He 
fell down at the feet of Jesus and said, I'm a sinful man, depart from Once he realized who Jesus was. Look at the response in him. As we continue our relationship with Jesus, let us never forget that he is God and he deserves our respect, our reverence, our devotion, our dedication, our worship. Praise God. You know what the writer Mark says? He says, he could not do any great works among them because of their unbelief. Jesus wanted to do great works for them, in them, but he could not because there was no cooperation, no positive response, no reception. Be indifferent. Have you ever wondered what Jesus would think about me and you? Do you think he will marvel at our faith or our unbelief? Do you think Jesus would look at us and say, oh, I wish I could have done so much more for you if you would have just believed me? And if heaven were to marvel at you and me, what would heaven marvel at you and me? Our faith or our unbelief? I have to answer for myself and you have to answer for yourself. If heaven were to look down at each and every one of us and were to marvel after all these years, after filling and loading you with so much grace, goodness, and goods. When heaven looks down, will heaven marvel at our faith or unbelief? All eyes closed. Jesus leaves us with the wow effect. Because Jesus as a person he leaves us with a sense of astonishment. Everything that he does leaves us with a sense of astonishment, including what he has done in us. But he is looking at you and me. The question this morning is, would he marvel at our faith or unbelief. 
What do you major in? What do you major in? Faith or unbelief? Do you believe Jesus can meet you at the point of your need? Do you believe that he's able to do much more than what, he, what you ask or imagine? Do you believe that he can change your story? Do you believe that he can give you a new lease to life? Do you believe that he can restart your stalled Christian life? Do you believe that he can restart your stored family life? Do you envision Christ doing a work within you and giving you hope in a hopeless world? Do you believe the impossibility of your life can be changed? within a twinkling of a moment and God can bring about a lasting change. Do you trust him? Do you believe in him? Do you know what the Bible says? If unbelief lurks in our heart, unbelief lurks in our heart, If unbelief has found a port in our heart to dock. If unbelief has found a port in our heart to dock. The Bible says that heart is an unbelieving wicked heart. Unbelief makes God a liar. So today we don't want no part with unbelief. We ask him to fill us with faith. The more I indulge in his word, the more I saturate myself with his word. I want faith in Jesus rise up to the point that I come out with a wow effect and the world around will see the wow effect in me and heaven will testify about that faith. Father, we yield our life to you this morning. Thank you. Lord, we pray that our faith be such active and vibrant that heaven will testify about our faith. We know as the scripture says, we can't please you without faith. And so we pray, as we look at Jesus, let our faith increase. In Jesus' name, amen.